0: Welcome to episode 8 of Geo's Reviews, the interview podcast. This interview was conducted with Mark Thompson, who really needs no introduction because he has been the main guy for the Star Wars adult audiobooks for the past 15 years or so. And he's very well known in the higher public community for being the audiobook narrator for The Fallen Star, The Rising Storm, and Light of the Jedi. I had a ton of fun doing this interview, and I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you very much. Welcome to episode eight of Geos Reviews, the interview podcast. Today, my guest is Mark Thompson, who I believe really needs no introduction, just like really any of the High Republic authors. How are you doing today, Mark? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on here. Of course. Thank you, you know, for joining and such. Um, so I guess my first question to start out is you've been doing this for a very long time. I believe 16 years ago is when you did your first Star Wars audiobook with Legacy of the Force. Do you ever wow, get tired of doing? That. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've been the That's main a guy time. for a long, long, long 16, time. Wow, which is like shocking in a way because yeah, you know, writers and artists have come and gone, but you've remained between legends to current canon. It's
1: just you wow. remain here.
0: So, um, do you ever get tired of doing Star Wars audiobooks?
1: <laughs> Honestly, no. I mean, well, okay, like at the on the last day of a record. I definitely can have a moment of, okay, I just need to not think about star Wars or, you know, (laughs) I need to watch something different or, you know, but honestly, like within a week or two, I'm like, okay, when's the next one? Cause like, I I just, I'm such a big fan of it and I grew up with it and I, it just means so much to me. So like the fact that I get to, you know, perform these books is a huge honor for me. and, And I, I really, really love it. So, so not really. Like every one, like maybe at the end of a record, I need a little bit of a break, but but uh, I'm I, I really, really love it. I I feel super blessed that I get to do it. So
0: I mean, it really is a dreamer. You gotta impact Star Wars canon, especially now with the higher public, this whole new initiative, these whole new voices and stuff. You gotta bring these characters to life that have never been, you know, seen anywhere else before.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's it, it it's kind of daunting and exciting at the same time. It's like, you know, because you don't want to mess it up you don't want to like you know uh like it, you, you want to give it all the weight and attention and and you know uh love it deserves um but then there's that pressure of oh man i, I hope you know i don't mess this up <laughs> so it, it's both things at once but uh I, I feel very very lucky now how long on average do you say it takes to record a star wars audiobook so it's different for different narrators like January LaVoy is kind of notoriously like amazing. And she can, she can record really fast uh, and, 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 and well at this you know, she, she's fast and she's good. Um, I, I always feel like I've never been diagnosed, but I I feel like I'm dyslexic when I get in the booth and I make a lot of mistakes and flubs and read things inverted and backwards. And so for me, like um, I, I, it's about five days uh, from about 10 in the morning till six at night, um, is what it usually takes for me to get through the, the, the novels. Um, and they, you know, obviously get lunch breaks and they let me out to go to the bathroom and stuff, but otherwise it's like, read! <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> so you know, as I mentioned, we've been doing this a long time. How has your approach sort of
1: changed, if it's changed at all, since you've done this for so long? That's a great question. Um, I've gotten a little more systematic about it as the years have gone on. Like, I think... Initially, when I did it, I, I, w- I would read it, and as I was reading it, if I came up with an idea for a voice, I'd, I'd record it like in the middle of that chapter just to have it as a reference point and, and kind of like come up with them as I was reading. But over the years, I've realized that I should read the whole thing first and you know jot down any ideas I have, but wait because there's another character that might appear four chapters from now that that voice might be better suited for that character that hasn't shown up yet. So I want to kind of get the birds eye view of where the story is going and who all the characters are that are going to be interacting with them, how how much this character is going to actually be talking in the book, who they're who else they're going to be interacting with and I try to get all that information and then go back and cast it. And then I kind of have like I um I used to kind of, you know, handwrite notes. Like I used to get the scripts, is is a, a printed out manuscript that was mailed to me, and and now over the years we've gone electric, and I get like PDFs and stuff. Um, and so I used to do like handwritten notes, and now I do everything digitally, where I kind of copy and paste chunks of dialogue, and I, I and I put them in the notes app and, and kind of put each character down, and then any ideas or characteristics I have, and then when I go back and cast it. I kind of put a smiley face after each character that I found the voice for. So I kind of know where I'm at and how many more I still need to find voices for. And then when all the smiley faces are there, I'm like, okay, I'm ready to record. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was about to be my next question. is like, what is sort of your, like, I do, you don't come up with these voices on the fly, really, do you in the booth? You sort of plan it
1: out ahead. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, um, uh, I, I get, it's been better lately, like some there there have been some books where I've gotten it like the script, like maybe two weeks before I have to record. And that's definitely stressful. Now I get them like maybe three to four weeks before I have to record. So I have a little more grace uh, to kind of prepare. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely like trying to get the voices together, you know, uh, way, way ahead of time. So that that way, when I'm in the booth, I can ref- I, I record myself doing it. And then when that character comes up, I just listen for a few seconds to kind of lock in and then I can do it. And the first two days, I always find that the first two days of recording, there's a lot of stopping and starting and referring back to it. But then around day three, I feel like I've gotten to know them and I've spoken as them long enough that I can start to just ping pong and and kind of switch a little bit more seamlessly uh, after I've kind of gotten in those rhythms. But initially it's always kind of slow because it's like, okay, wait, what was this guy again? And um and that way, day to day, too, I can kind of listen back. I was like, what did I do on Monday? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like it, it just helps me kind of have an anchor to go back to to try to keep it consistent. The group scenes must be, you know, super chaotic in the mind. Oh.
0: Like, I know in The Rising Storm, cabin, Scott, there were multiple scenes, which I loved, where there wasn't a whole lot of prose, but just a bunch of people talking, a bunch of dialogue. They were like, 10 people in a group and it's just it must have been so i guess difficult going from one voice to another voice to another voice yeah. and back to the original voice and then bringing in a fourth voice which is like yeah, a yeah, whole yeah craziness is going
1: on in your mind right like in any anytime there's a jedi council meeting i'm like oh no because <laughs> it is like trying like how am i going to make them all sound different and talking to each other and you know and then and then sometimes as you're reading it like I'll think it's one character and then I'll get to the bottom of their paragraph. And it's like, you know, Stellan said, and I was like, Oh, that was Stellan. Oh man. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like I have to go back and do that again. So yeah, it's, that can present some challenges, but, but they're fun challenges. (laughs) Yeah. I
0: mean, uh, you must've been, I guess, grateful when in Light of the Jedi, I think there's just one or two council scenes and there isn't a whole lot of dialogue, but then Kevin Scott just comes in, has a bunch of dialogue and stuff, which is, you know, fun for us to listen to, but it must be such a (laughs) thing to record.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Although it's like when a good conversation gets going, in some ways that's almost easier because, well, you know, usually between maybe two or three people at the most, because then, then you can start to follow the the flow of the dialogue and kind of the natural cadence of, of the conversation. And you can kind of, I can kind of react to them more, but when it's a bunch of like five or six people are all chiming in, that can be harder to keep the flow consistent because then I do feel like I have to like stop and remember the different characters and stuff but yeah so it's really interesting and Kevin Thompson who's like uh, directs most of these has really helped me a lot um over the years especially and just he's kind of like given me a, a ton like he basically taught me how to narrate audiobooks because I'd never done one before Legacy of the Force um and and one of the things that he'll kind of get on me about sometimes is like He'll, he'll he'll kind of say like you gotta trust your instincts more because a lot of times I want to get it each line to be perfect, and so I'll like sometimes I'll do like three or four takes of like one line, and he, and he'll be like you know you had it the first time you know or you had it the second time <laughs> but like because it's like if I can just trust a little bit more and kind of and go more naturally then then it it all fits together better if if I kind of just go continuously as opposed to start stop start stop start stop so it's still hard to remember that in the moment though because i feel like no oh, i should have read it this way and then i want to go back and so it's it's something i'm constantly wrestling with
0: yeah and these things are such high production values for because most audiobooks it's just a voice like even huge new york Times best-selling books that like the mm-hmm. george rr modern books and stuff it's just one person doing the voice and there is some distinct thing but with the star wars books you have you know, they get people who are able, like you, who are able to do all these various voices. They got the music going, sound effects. its yeah. it, I was shocked the first time I listened to it. I was like, oh, why is nothing else like this?
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the same way. Like, I, I um, you know, I started doing the Star Wars books. And at one point, I uh, started doing other franchises or other books. And, I, and I, I remember narrating this other book that was not Star Wars, and at one point, I asked the director, "So, do you want me to pause here so you can put like the laser effects in?" And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "You know, like like when you do the background editing." He's like, "No, yeah. we're not doing any of that. It's just you." And I was like, "Oh, really? Like, you know?" Because <laughs> it's like I was so spoiled from Kevin and uh, Paul Goodrich, who does a lot of the mixing and editing. You know, from all that stuff that they put in there, that I was like, "Oh, everybody doesn't do this. Oh man!" <laughs> so yeah they're really something special. They're like movies in your mind, yeah, yeah so they're which, they're really fun, which is great because it's like it's long movies in your mind and
0: stuff. Like I can just when with like Rising Storm because Kevin Scott did a great job within sort of Charles Sos, like you can imagine these scenes in your head. It's like yeah. it's a movie playing basically no, totally as you said. yeah so what is your favorite thing about Star Wars audiobooks that you get to do about them? what's your favorite thing?
1: um so it's a couple of things. I mean, I think I, I definitely enjoy getting to portray a lot of different characters and a, and a lot of different voices. I, I think that's a lot of fun. And I got my start in animation and kind of I, I, I got hired in a lot in animation for doing different character voices and styles of characters. And so it's, it's fun to do that in the books. And then like one thing that I've kind of learned to love about the books is how the authors do such an amazing job of getting you inside the character's mind. Um, So you're not limited just to their facial expressions or a line of dialogue, but you really understand what it is they're thinking and what it is that they're on a much deeper level than animation or movies or video games. Like you really get to understand what makes them tick. And that's something I've kind of really loved, like learned to love. Cause I wasn't much of a reader I guess that's still not like I'll I'll read, you know, certain books, you know, but like, I, I don't, I, I never, growing up, I didn't read for fun and, and, and becoming a narrator has kind of showed me, Oh, this is why people like reading. Cause, <laughs> cause it's like, you really get so much more in depth and you get to know the characters on such a deeper level than you would in any other format I can think of.
0: So, what you mentioned characters and voices so what would you say is easier you've voiced characters like thrawn and yoda who've been in animation and movies and such and then you've created new characters like the iconic markian roe voice so which <laughs> would you say is easier creating the new voices or having to replicate you know the iconic voices Ooh. oh that's a good question um
1: hmm I guess like creating the new ones in a sense it's like I'm hesitating because it's like both have pros and cons like the 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 challenge of the existing voices is obviously the audience has the image of, of the existing voice from the films or, or cartoons or whatever so you know stuck in their head that you like if you don't in my opinion, if you don't come close enough to it, it becomes very distracting. And it's like, you know, like, that's not what Yoda sounds like, or that's, you know, so like, and it can take the listener out of the story. So there's a pressure to emulating the existing voices. But then because you have all these recordings of it, it's it's the the the, the nice part about that is you can refer to those performances and and kind of, you have a lot of resource material to draw from, you know? Whereas the new characters, it's like, you don't have anything to draw from. So then it becomes challenging of like, well, where do I start and, you know, what, what should this, you know, voice sound like and how are they going to be depicted in other media? And like, you know, how do I do this? And, but then the, maybe the, the, the pro or the nicer part of it is that, you know, the sky's the limit and you can kind of like really come up with something unique, you know, and, and different. And, and, and so that so there's, you know, so, so that, that's a fun aspect of coming up with the new ones. So it's, I guess it's like 50, 50 for me. I don't like, like there, there's, there's, there's fun things and challenging things about both, both sides. So, but probably it's a little bit easier to do the original ones because I can, you know, play a little bit more. Obviously the, the author gives you so much information that, you know, that they're really kind of the primary influence and in like, you know, like you know, I'm, I'm kind of just the frosting on the cake, like the, 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 the cake is what they've written. And the, the, so a lot of times those, those voices are established really by the authors, because uh, in my at least in my opinion, when I'm reading it, I'm like, OK, like it's, it's very clear what what they're going for. And I, I think of it in terms of like casting, like if I were if this were a movie, you know, what what type of actor or what actor would I want playing that role based on what I'm seeing in the script, you know, so, um, yeah. So that's a rambling answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great answer. But I suppose
0: the nice thing about the higher public is that we have this concept art. In normally yes. they give us concept art. So do they give yeah. you concept art when you're about to record? So you it gives you a better image because you can always imagine these characters in your head. But even the best descriptions, I'm sure, if you put ten people in a room, you right. get ten different descriptions.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, like I, I was really lucky. Like when we started the higher public, they kind of gave me. I think it's coming out now as a published thing, but, um, but they gave me like this kind of top secret, you know, Bible of, uh, of the concept art. And, and, and uh, so I got, I got to see like, you know, pre-visuals of, um, skier and, and Marc-Anne Rowe and, uh, Chancellor So, and like, so that, that was definitely informative. Like there were definitely some voices that were purely inspired by the concept art. And I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, um. So so yeah so like uh, that that was extremely helpful and that that stuff was just so gorgeous to look at and I, I'm watching the uh, light and magic documentary uh, right now on Disney Plus and like it's so interesting to see how the Ralph McQuarrie paintings a lot of times influenced George Lucas about how the story was going to continue based on kind of those images and um, I, I felt similar you know looking at the concept art for High Republic it, it was like. It was definitely like, you know, it's it's the feedback loop of, you know, like the writing inspires the art and the art inspires the writing and the all that inspires the performance and it's just everything's kind of feeding off of each other. So it was, it was really cool.
0: Yeah, it, like the concept that we got at Celebration for these characters to tease the art book, seeing all the different designs from on Row and how much darker it could have gone, like the bones yeah. and it yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. they kind of went tame with it and I kind of dig it though because, you know, people <laughs> just dig the simple Marquion Row. There are so many Marquion Roe simps out there. It's kind of, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it is, you
0: know, insane. Which You know, is a great segue to my next question is, I feel like The Higher Public is definitely, I guess your most hyped Star Wars audiobooks mm-hmm. because it has such a fervent online following. I don't think, probably in the history of Star Wars novels and comics and such has there really been, such a, I guess, hype around it, like at celebration that you guys had a packed full auditorium yeah. <laughs> full yeah. of people. Which, right. just if you would have said a decade ago, for oh, people for books and comics are gonna have a packed auditorium celebration, I'm pretty sure a lot of people would have laughed at you,
1: right, because right, because right. it
0: was such a, it wasn't, I guess, a realistic thing. But how does it affect you? How do you feel that there's been such a following for the higher public and so many people have fallen in love with it?
1: Oh yeah, I mean. I'm just honored to be a small part of it. Like I, I, I uh, like I'm, I'm first and foremost a fan. And the biggest thing I love about Star Wars is the Jedi. So to see the Jedi at this time in history where they're kind of at their pinnacle and like, you know, at, um, and really kind of being in their purest, truest form of, of what they Jedi aspire to be is, is so fascinating to me. And there's, you know, getting to dive deeper into the force and how, how different Jedi view the force in different ways. It was like, it was so revolutionary. And I was like, I was so blown away by, you know, Charles and, and Kevin and Claudia and, and Justina and um, Daniel. And, and just like that, I feel like they're all just like, so, so brilliant in how they're kind of creating all these things. So, so as a, as a fan, it's just exciting to see all that. And then like the fact that I get to be a, you know, a small part of the performing of it is like, A huge honor and it's like you know i'm just like it's 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 one of my favorite things that i've ever gotten to do and it's like i'm 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 just i just feel grateful and humbled and excited and you know like my producer was making fun of me because at, at celebration they were showing some of the you know, concept art for what's coming up in Phase Two, and I hadn't seen it yet. So, like he said, anytime like a new slide came on, I was like, "Oh, you know." <laughs> I felt like, but I was sitting on the stage, but I was like, you know, "Like, ah." So, like, but that's just because I'm just excited. I, you know, I'd be excited to just you know read it on my own or listen to it on my own. So the fact that I get to be a part of it is is a huge honor, and just you know, sometimes I can't fathom it. You know, so it's it's really cool. It's really exciting.
0: Yeah, you must be, like, squealing sometimes when you get the scripts and such. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, my gosh, I can't wait to see what happens next. No, totally, totally, yeah. But uh, so now I guess there's some questions about, you know, more about the higher public. So what would you say is your favorite member of the Nile old voice? Ooh. Um,
1: mm, 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 mm. It would definitely be a toss-up between Marquion Rowe. And um, oh no, I'm blanking on his name. Who's the guy who does the mech suit? Zitar, yeah, Zitar, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, like those, those guys, and then um, Pan Ada was really, I, I'm gonna name them all now, but yeah, <laughs> Pan Ada was uh, a lot of fun to do too. So, um, but yeah, probably, probably Marcion, and it it's a lot of that is just how he's written. He's just so, I, I was so blown away by like how he's first introduced to then how he ends up being because when he first introduced he's like he seems like so meek and kind of like who is this guy he's just the he's like the space uber driver like he just tells them where the maps are and where the paths are you know but like then to see that like you know oh wait there's so much more to this guy and that you know he's he, he's like you know kind of the chess master like you know like it's he's he's really been cool to kind of watch it, him develop in in his backstory and all that stuff you know yeah and i also love the cassive voice but it's great when he's like cassive
0: don't forget your hand yeah <laughs> like, that was <laughs> great like i, I yeah. never thought i'd hear that in a star wars book because that was freaking dark <laughs> it's like he it cuts yeah. off his hand like then don't forget it. It's just like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love how it gets dark. These higher public books, like they're not afraid to go gruesome. No. Yeah. Oh, they're really dark. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, when I, when I first heard about the concept and they, they kind of showed the concept art for the Nile at first I was like, huh? Like, you know, like space Vikings, like really, like, you know, like we're the Sith, like we're the red sabers. Like we need that stuff, you know, but like, it's It's such a brilliant foe for the Jedi like because they they really are the antithesis of the Jedi in every way, you know, and it's just the you know, you know it's selfish versus selfless and like you know uh, peace and and harmony versus total chaos and anarchy. and it's just like it makes it makes so much sense and they're they're able to kind of like, you know in, enhance the other side of you know, but by putting them together, they, it's like chocolate and peanut butter, they enhance the other. They make it, they make each other better, you know, and it's like, it's it's really cool. I love it.
0: And Nihil, like, seem better than the Sith in a way that they just cause chaos. And it's like, you've never seen the Sith. Then again, we haven't seen a whole lot of the Sith in canon cause destruction until, you know, the main events of the series, of, you know, the movies. But it's like, they did a much better job of just hurting the Jedi themselves as opposed to the Republic, though they do equally hurt the Republic.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you got all the nameless, and all that stuff is like oh my
0: yeah that's just creepy and it's like oh gosh all right so you know i asked niall now i gotta ask the jedi order what's your favorite member of the jedi order to voice oh
1: man um oh man i it they're all so fun um i guess like i like doing still in a lot i thought that he was a lot of fun and kind of the embodiment of the proper jedi and he was he was kind of a fun you know kind of old school guy to do but you know there's some like you know skier like avas chris is so fun to do with skier. you know so like he he's a lot of fun he could be harder if he talks for too long in the book but <laughs> so but yeah there's it's it, again it's just like uh I could I could start naming it like a ton that were all super fun to do, but that, yeah, I'll stick with those two, yeah. At least we
0: know why you made him British because he's just like sort of the embodiment of regality.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> all right, and lastly, what was your favorite member or non-Jedi ordered me- him, like part of the Republic to voice?
1: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, is it, uh, is it pick Aaron, the... The, the cargo pilot who helps him out at Starlight Beacon. The was his name is, is Pick. Is it Pick or is it is Pick his wife? Pika. Can't remember. Adrian. Pika and, and Adrian. And, and, and then Joss what's his is the name? husband. That's it. Joss Adrian. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. He he was a lot of fun to do. And he he, he cracked me up a lot. <laughs> so he was I, I like doing him a lot.
0: <laughs> so Mark Yonro is probably your most iconic voice. In the higher public so talk about the process of creating that voice because i th- when most people i think most people think of that voice when they think of the audiobooks because it's just and part of it you know is the writing too because it's just so menacing and your voice perfectly encompasses just the his slyness his schemingness and how sheer the sheer brutality of him
1: yeah yeah, yeah. um well i, I guess what I was struck by when I first read him in *Light of the Jedi* it was how Charles kind of, you know, you had you had the the, the you, you had like you know Lorna and Pan and Kassiv and they're kind of like brash and like loud and bold and raw, you know, and like kind of these sort of like you know, um, like thugs and big and tough and scary. And and at first, you know, when I read about, you know, Markian and him kind of being the the, in charge of the paths, you know, I thought he my first take was that he was he was under them and he was the underling and he was, you know, you know, not as strong as his father before him and everybody's kind of underestimating him and everyone, you know, the, the three, you know, tempest runners are kind of looking down on him. So I wanted to find a voice that at first you might underestimate, or at first you might dismiss as almost maybe even weak and almost like maybe even non-consequential, you know. Um, and there and there was the line in the book, and I'm not going to remember it now, but there was there was something that Charles described him as, um, you know, um, not not a scream but a whisper or something along that lines. And so I started playing around with the idea. Of someone who spoke very soft, but had an edge to them, something very dangerous about how they approached everything, and um, I, I was kind of listening to different, um, you know, I uh, you know, I think I've talked about this before, but like um, John John Malkovich was kind of an inspiration in in, in some of his movies. Early on, where he would play these like really psychotic people, but like he would have this like demeanor that was just just, just almost on the edge of losing it, but just still a little just keeping it together and keeping it in control, but just always on the edge of losing it. And then every once in a while, he would just spill out and spill over. And so that was partly an inspiration, and then and and then just kind of those hushed, you know, kind of meek but dangerous um, tones is, is is a lot of what I was playing with. So
0: know that just makes me upset that my uh, saying iconic lines in Marquon e. Rose voice question got shut down because that would have uh, been that would have been such fun. Cause that voice is just there's something so enamoring about it. It's just so yeah. great, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so um Thank what you would know. you say your favorite book that you've done and you know you've narrated is doesn't have to be Star Wars, but I guess it probably most likely will no, be I'm Star sorry. Wars.
1: <laughs> what do you say your favorite one is that you've done? I mean uh, it's always so hard to answer that question because I I there's there's so I I there, I love them all and there's like they're my babies and how can I pick one? You know, but like, like your children and such all yeah, like, exactly. the voices you do,
0: so pick yeah, yeah, one. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, I doing the novelization of Force Awakens was very special to me because I narrated that one before the movie came out, and I kind of knew the main, I knew the story, you know, two months before the film came out. So so that was, that was kind of a weird experience for me and, and kind of a interesting experience for me. (laughs) So, and, and I, you know, so, so I have a special connection to that one and that one, like, you know, um, I feel, I feel like I learned a lot about narrating from that one. Um, Dark Disciple was a great one um, just because the way that, uh, Christy Golden wrote *Assange*, and uh, Quinlan Voss was just so moving. And that was kind of the first book where I kind of got really caught up in the moment and kind of like had like some emotions when I don't want to spoil anything, but like, you know, like there's, there's some really intense things happening. I kind of got emotional as I was reading the book in that one. So that was pretty intense. Um, and then, you know, like like I think, like of the of the higher public stuff, I'm like I really, I I just like, I'm I'm a very spiritual person, and and the, the the stuff, the way the force is described in Light of the Jedi, and some of the things that are talked about in Rising Storm and 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 Falling Star, like I really connected with it on a, on a personal level, and just some of the the struggles that Elzar go through and, and Stellan goes through, and the idea of like um, Elzar realizing he needs to ask for help and not, you know, and just, it just kind of the depiction of how someone could, you know, be tempted by the dark side, I thought was really fascinating. And so I don't know, like, it's just, it's, it's hard to say one is my favorite. There's just so many things I love about all of them, <laughs> you know? Um, So I apologize. That's not a very clear answer, but. No, it's fine.
0: But then of course, right after that Stellan being the best bro that he is just, has elza use the dark side yeah yeah a bit too you know a bit too closely but it's just that right. was a great scene i was like oh, so yeah. shocked when i read that oh so good it, the rising storm is literally just that the rising storm basically describes the book it's just like oh, oh. my gosh you're gonna get peace nope peace yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, then the end of the book
1: comes just like what have you done it was it was such a roller coaster it was like non-stop like that one felt a lot like, uh, like, I would love to see that adapted as a movie because it was just, it felt like a, a movie That's, in terms of how know, it was written and the pace of it and everything. You know, it was I don't great. think I've
0: ever read a book where I've gotten so, I guess, into it where it's just like time flies. I will have read chapter after chapter and just not yeah. realize how much time has gone by because it's like, it's the most movie like book I've ever read where it's I would, not I even agree. like reading.
1: Yep. 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 Yep.
0: Totally. Kevin's the man. Yeah, he's gonna hurt us again with Path of Destruction or no, path <laughs> of Vengeance? I think I don't know. One of those. I I got confused on the name earlier. Now I can't remember at all. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess my last question for you is: I asked this question for all of my guests, depending on their area of expertise, is what advice would you give to aspiring aspiring audiobook narrators or people who want to get in the voice acting industry or something along those
1: lines? Um. Somebody once said this to me, and it it, it definitely really helped. But it's it's um, the idea that voice acting is acting. Meaning, um, sometimes we can like just focus on the doing the funny voices and doing the kind of really cool sounding voices. But you want to be able to tell the story and and really kind of connect with the emotions of the characters as well as sounding different and sounding cool and sounding exciting. So like as much as you can get involved in like school plays or community theater or getting together with a bunch of friends and and doing readings or doing you know uh content online like like really focus on the the acting part and then the the voice stuff is uh kind of will come on its own it'll sometimes be informed by the acting and there's a lot of like you know Books you can read about, like you know, there's a book I read years ago called "Talking Funny for Money." I don't remember who the author was, unfortunately, but she has she has a lot of great technical things about like using your voice as an instrument and kind of you know. And, and I I feel like that stuff is the the technical stuff. There's a lot of resources out there. Um, Dee Bradley Baker has a great web website uh, called I want uh, I want to be a voice Actor.com. And he answers like every question you could ever imagine about wanting to be a voice actor from what type of equipment you should have to different vocal techniques to, you know, auditioning and casting and all that stuff. So that's a great resource. But just generally speaking, I think the better of an actor you are, the better of a voice actor you'll be. So just try to get as much experience as you can. And 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 January, Lavoie will always say if, if narrating is something you're interested in, like just sit down and read out loud a chapter of a book and see if you still want to do it after that. <laughs> uh, but and just it just get used to kind of because sometimes you can read something in your head and it makes sense in your head. But when you have to say it out loud and learning where to put the emphasis in the right places and pauses in the right places and and, and just really, you know, making it make sense is 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 a lot more challenging uh, than you might think, you know, so it's so just practicing out loud is, is a great way to kind of ease into that.
0: In a way, it reminds me of like what your elementary school teachers would tell you, read your work out loud to make sure it makes yeah. sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, they knew what they were read saying. Read everything
0: out loud and make sure, first off, A, you could do this. B, you want to do this. And C, yeah. that you kind of got in a little bit of an idea of where to go.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally.
0: <laughs> All right, well, everyone, this was my interview with Mark Thompson. Thank you so much for joining on, and I hope to have you on
1: again in the near future. Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. Of course. Thanks.
0: This has been an episode of Geos Reviews, the interview podcast. This was an interview done with Mark Thompson. As always, I'm always eager to hear your feedback and thank you for listening if you made it this far. May the force be with you.